0: Welcome to The Humans of Real Estate, your weekly podcast chatting with real estate industry professionals. We bring you top performing individuals to showcase their knowledge and expertise in the business, to help others learn and grow. Here's your hosts, Kobe Clark-Jacobs and Emily Wallace. Welcome to The Auction Special with special guest Andy Reid from Sold By Group. Andy always knew he was loud. Over his life, he has worked in hospitality management, marketing and real estate sales, which helped him find his purpose, to serve others in their success. Andy's obsession with the craft of auctioneering started in 2012, where the adrenaline rush gripped him, and the level of clarity is something he wishes he could bottle up. Auctioneering is where Andy is at his happiest. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Loud, but not too loud?
1: No, I'm, I'm I'm doing my best to keep the keep the volume down, and it's it's difficult when you're talking to cool people. It's, it, your enthusiasm makes you get a little bit louder and whatnot. That was probably one. The, it was probably the hardest thing that I had to work on when I was when I first started out because I was at volume eleven all the time, right? <laughs> Which sort of destroys eardrums and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it, it's uh, when you talk to good people. Yeah, It's difficult to keep a lid on it, so thanks for having me.
2: So, for our listeners who predominantly are real estate agents in the industry, just to clarify, you are not an agent, right? No,
1: no, no. I used to be. Yeah. I used to be in resi sales for about seven and a half, eight years in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, transacting between sort of 60 to 90 properties a year, so I was doing a fair bit. I was was doing quite a lot, and um, yeah, but... When you've found what it is that you're supposed to be doing, it's very difficult to ignore it. So I went full-time. So it was part-time in the freelance auctioneering space through 2017. Mm -hmm. And then I had to make a decision because it grew to the point where I couldn't do both. So uh, February 2018 was when... Sold by went full time. Mm-hmm. And then April 2018 was when the market went downhill. So oh, that was a great that's fun. Great timing. <laughs> good timing.
2: What COVID? I mean, 2018 sounds like it was a harder, harder time than then, potentially.
1: Uh 20, oh, look from a market point of view, from a real estate only point of view, um 2018 was a really, really hard one. Mm. Um I mean look, at least through COVID, there were still a lot of people that could still transact Mm. through lockdowns, financial capacities, so on and so forth. That and everybody being in the same boat kind of made it easier. Yeah. As opposed to 2018, which is when uh, the real estate market really took a a huge nosedive. And yet there were still other industries still rocking and rolling. The world was still very much turning. So yeah, you could say that 2018 was actually a bit harder. Yeah, definitely. to To be honest.
2: And so um just rewinding from when you were in sales and as you mentioned you know the auctioneering part sort of overtook and that's when you decided to take the leap and and make it a full-time gig. Why do you think that happened? What what was the the draw card to stepping in cuz they're two very different roles, right? Let's be clear. Oh. A sales agent and an auctioneer are two very different roles,
1: and that's one of the that's one of the huge issues with the space, particularly in Melbourne, particularly in Victoria. Um, I mean, I've got I've had the fortune of becoming friends with a lot of auctioneers all around the country, mm. and in Victoria there is still. The, the huge mistake getting made where salespeople automatically believe that they are auctioneers mm-hmm. or if they're a lead salesperson, they, could, they should be auctioneers or if just because they're a director, that turns them into an auctioneer. It's two completely different skill sets and a lot of the time, some of the, best listing agents are missing a huge trick by being the auctioneer on the day um I personally when I was a listing agent my two worst auctions to date were the two where I was a listing agent Mm. and I very quickly understood by being in the field that I had too many hats to wear Mm. just way too many responsibilities and I just felt that I underserviced my vendors with those two auctions um because of the fact that I couldn't be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. And and then I very quickly realized that um, if I listed an auction property, I gave half my commission away, just gave it away to someone else in the office because I knew that I needed to focus on what it is that I did best mm. because that was going to help me get Three, four, five pieces of business off the back of that auction mm. because I had more clearly defined roles and had spread the roles out and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's it, it is it's completely different to being a good a good sales agent, yeah, by, by a mile.
0: You said that those two were your worst purely because you were the listing agent as well. Mm-hmm. Would you say they're your toughest, or do you have a really tough auction that you went through?
1: The oh, look, the tougher the better for me. Um, <laughs> if it was easy, it'd be boring. Like at the end of the day, a great auctioneer doesn't define themselves by the ones that go well. It's the ones that really hit the fan um, that define you as an auctioneer, in my opinion. Um, I was very, very lucky in the sense that because when I was in when I was in sales and I first started auctioneering in 2012, I was out in the outer southeastern suburbs, so the growth corridor, so uh, Casey, Chris, so Cranbourne, Barrack, Narry Warren, down in Victoria, and. My first auction went really well, and it's on video, and mm. you see me accidentally add a hundred thousand dollars onto what was only a two hundred fifteen thousand dollars property. <laughs> so that was good. And then, um, as well as that, my father-in-law, who was my boss as well, he was penciling for me, and he ran out of paper. I go to check where we're at and he walks off to get more paper Oh god! as I'm going to check on my first ever auction.
2: Oh my God. So you
1: see me do this really dopey 360 degree walk around a circle <laughs> and then just look at the crowd going, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, but then my next nine auctions, I had three bids in total. Oh gosh! Wow. across okay. nine auctions um, because it it was it was very very raw to be doing auctions out that way so I learned the hard way mm. and I'm really glad I did Definitely. because a lot of uh, people went into auctioneering when it, the market was going really well mm. in that sort of 2014, 15, 16, 17 right when it was easy to point and count right mm. and do it loudly but like I said 2018, 2019 was when the real auctioneer sort of stood up and and now now that I've been loud enough in the in the space for for long enough people are starting to recognize that um, and and I've had lots of agents tell me that they hire me for the tough ones and I'm like you know that's Great, hire <laughs> yeah. me for all of them I'm quite <laughs> good in the easy ones too. Um, so yeah, but it's it's the hard ones that really get. There was one, there was one in particular. Actually, recent, most recent, hardest one was when Channel Seven were watching me, which was fab.
2: Oh great! Uh, when
1: we're just about to start the auction and the disgruntled X
2: oh. comes
1: running oh, up no. as we're about to get going and wants to and want, and he's demanding that the reserve increase by 150k. <gasps> And uh, yes, that was interesting. That Mm. was an interesting one. And it's actually, you can see it on a live stream where I'm actually running in and out of the house like two or three times. At one point, I'm like grabbing this guy and like pulling him into the house uh, because yeah, he was doing his best to... Uh, ruin his ex's life essentially so oh, wow yes yeah, so that was an interesting one and that was the one that channel 7 decided to turn up to and the president of the RAIV. Oh, so that wow. was wonderful
2: so we're definitely gonna link both of those your first option and that <laughs> option in the show notes below <laughs> that sounds like an entertaining watch I need to
1: actually get the first one off my off my in fact I am gonna get the first one off I think I'm gonna need to convert it to a to a file because I think it's still like an old-school camcord like video so, yeah <laughs> so I need to convert it to a to a to a digital format oh my god we'll get it we'll get it i'll I'll send it across
2: so uh it's pretty obvious then that we've established the skill set of a sales agent versus an auctioneer they're two very different things so what would you say to someone listening to this who's either thinking of entering the industry is in it probably in a junior sales capacity looking to you know work their way up Mm -hmm. what are the telltale signs that they may be a good auctioneer and should actually go down that pathway
1: for a start, you don't have to be a guy, you, you, you know, you can be female and yep. be an incredible auctioneer, mm. and I personally feel that the, the the space, particularly in Melbourne, and it mm. is a Melbourne thing, because I'll be honest, and this is just one guy's opinion, yep. the game in Melbourne is still a little bit 1980s, 1970s, yep. a little bit alpha male, and, and I personally feel that women can absolutely dominate yep. with the gavel in hand. Um, You know, and making sure that if you are a female that's thinking about doing it, own the fact that you're a woman.
2: Mm -hmm. I think
1: one of the one of the mistakes that a lot of female auctioneers tend to make is Mm -hmm. they try and butch up. Like they try and become a man and (laughs) they're not a man. clearly. So own the fact that you're a woman and and you'll do very, very well as an Mm -hmm. auctioneer. I mean, Jenna Dunley is an incredible auctioneer up in the ACT. Yep. She's 22, I think. Wow. Uh, I think she's only done a handful of auctions, right? And, and like in terms of real life stuff, mm. but because she loves the craft so much and she owns who she is, she owns her femininity. Mm. Um, she was the first female to ever make the finals of the Australasian auction comp last year. Wow, which was in Melbourne.: That's really cool she's a gun she's a natural born talent mm. and i think when it comes to when it comes to that sort of dna of an, of an auctioneer i mean i'm a lover of chaos mm-hmm. i'm a lover of spontaneity <laughs> and that is naturally something that you're gonna need to be comfortable within yeah okay is is being comfortable in that being put on the spot and making a good decision and trusting that good decision moving forward that's really crucial mm. um and, and obviously being comfortable in front of a crowd is something that you ain't going to be able to avoid. Mm. Uh, so everybody gets nervous, and that's fine. Yeah. So it's not like good auctioneers, great auctioneers don't get nervous. I get nervous before everyone, mm. and I've done God knows how many. Yeah, um, And so it, it, it's not a case of if you get nervous in front of a crowd, you shouldn't do it. It means that you aren't going to take it for granted, mm-hmm. but, it, but it, it can be a sign that you are really right for it mm. generally speaking the one a lot of the auctioneers that are average or worse um don't let their ego feel that em, that emotion of nerves mm. they just let their bravado sort of completely get in the way of the transaction which is no good so being happy and being content uh, if you know if a little nervous in front of a crowd is really important owning who you are mm. is really important as well I, that's something that i'm trying to get through to a lot of um, people that I'm coaching to be an auctioneer yeah. is that they need to be themselves amplified. Mm. Yes. So one of the reasons why I'm doing it okay as mm. an auctioneer is the fact that I am very much me mm. when I'm being an auctioneer. Um, obviously my one of my USPs is the accent makes it easier for people to <laughs> remember who I am. <laughs> Well, I bring a lot of my Britishness, for want of a better word, into that arena and it works and it works really well. I mean, you turn it on and you turn it off, you turn it up, you turn it down Mm. as and when you can and need to, Mm. but it lets me, for example, get away with more banter. I get to, I get to be a little bit more close to the edge uh, when it comes to having a bit more fun and and having a bit more to and fro. Mm. So own who you are. Yeah. and 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 that's probably something that's not just for auctioneering that's like across the board mm. own who you are and be happy with who you are because you will attract who you attract and then the ones and it was always the case when I was an agent right whenever you whenever you took on a vendor that you knew was going to be a problem mm. because there was a bit of a the, there was not a mesh from a you know can we work together mm-hmm. it was a bit of an awkward forced connection mm-hmm and you've earned the business for one for one reason or another, you knew that they were going to be the problem listings. And they always are. Yeah. So just own who you are, man. And and you'll do very, very well. Yeah. Uh, auctioneering is not limited to anybody. No. Right? And But I'm looking forward to seeing more women coming in, to be honest.
2: Oh, 100%. I think um – I think you're right. It's not necessarily a gender thing, although Melbourne particularly is male-dominated in the auctioneering space. I think the only female auctioneer I've seen in Melbourne was Ruth Roberts from uh, Woodard's. Woodards. Yeah, and she's great. She's mm-hmm. fab. I really like her auction style. But that's literally the only female I've seen in a real-life setting outside of competitions mm-hmm. do an auction. Yeah. Um, oh, look, yeah.
1: It's they'll... they'll I think when more people talk about it more often, yeah. more women will come through. Just yeah. please own the femininity side of it because mm. that's one of your key strengths. Mm. Um, you know, women have got a natural DNA advantage when it comes to emotional intelligence. Mm. Use it. <laughs>
0: Use it, right? You mentioned before that you're doing some coaching on yes. auctioneering. Yes. Do you want to tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do it because I just love watching people do it. Mm. I mean, I could have been making a lot more money staying as an agent. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was doing pretty well, right? Um, and then when I became an auctioneer, the V8 disappeared. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so, um, but I, I, I love it so much. And if I can help other people to love it, even mm-hmm. half as much as what I do, wicked, Um, So it is a very personalized thing. So I don't necessarily enjoy doing the group stuff Mm -hmm. as much because I want to try and tap into personalities and see, right, what parts of your personality can I help to amplify that will be effective in the auction arena? There's there's a foundation that you have to know. And that's just learning, practicing, getting into it. Like, you know, all the legal stuff, the terminology, so on and so forth. You know, mental arithmetic <laughs> is something like it's one of the cardinal sins to say in an auction or, oh, well, I was never good at maths. Mm. Well, why are you counting in public? <laughs> yeah. You should not be <laughs> counting in public then. Um, so mental arithmetic is something that you can, you know, it's like any sort of muscle you can get better at. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the one-on-one stuff I really enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy that. And, and I just find that it makes me I learn more about the people uh, mm. and then bring the best bits out. Yeah, and they feel uh, they feel liberated by it because mm. they feel that it has to stick to a structure and it has to stick to a format. Couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. Like you look at my you look at my script and then you actually watch what I do. Two completely different things. Yeah, um, and um, so yeah, so I do uh, I do that, um, but it, it, it takes it does take some willpower and effort and a desire to actually want to do it, mm-hmm. not to do it because I feel it's gonna you know, improve my brand. Mm-hmm. It, can, it can improve your brand. Mm-hmm. It can also destroy it really, really quickly if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Or worse, it can turn you into one of the many. It can turn you into one of the forgettable ones that never doesn't make a mistake, mm-hmm. isn't amazing, but you're just one of the middle rung of auctioneers that people go, oh, yeah, there's an auctioneer and then mm-hmm. walks off after they've finished, yeah. you know, um, which is just as bad, right? It's just as bad if you're forgettable. So, you know, it can make or break your career very quickly. Um, but, yeah.
2: I think the underlying thing of all that is as well, like from a coaching point of view, right, for people who want to enhance their skills, it's actually being aware that you can learn from people outside of your group. As in like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of agencies where they do in-house auction training or there's one auctioneer who helps all the others. Like like any business, you can actually get outsiders to come in. Yeah. Um, and I guess the advantage well, the advantage that I see that you have is you're not competition, as in you're not a selling agent, right? Yes. So, and, yep. and your craft is auctioneering. So coming into an agency and, you know, selecting a few to do one-to-one training with mm. is great because not only have they got, you know, some key principles from their agency, mm. they're now getting the practical how do I become a better auctioneer and someone who does it literally full-time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: you take that one step further. Um, I know a number of world-class auctioneers that went to acting school mm. or went to um, who went to articulation classes mm-hmm. and, and things like that. I was fortunate when I was younger, I did a lot of acting back in the day, right? So I understood and appreciated the need to use your diaphragm when you're breathing and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, learning how to control your adrenaline in time with your volume and your tonality and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm. So I was fortunate that I got brought up in that sort of world a little bit. Mm. And that's helped me massively. Like when you're doing six or seven options on a day you need to understand how to use the entire capacity of your lungs because if you don't, you're going to get tired very, Mm. very quickly Mm. if you're just breathing from your chest, for example. And you know this, Emily, being a a world-class singer that you are. Not world-class, but thank you. Using your diaphragm is unbelievably critical. Mm. And as well as that, you you get a depth of power in your voice that you just can't get from your chest, right? Mm. So you don't... And and, and again, this is something that could translate into real estate sales generally. There's lots of amazing skills outside of the standard Mm. people Mm. that are doing stuff, right? And there's lots of things that we can learn from outside of our bubble. Um, And in auctioneering, going to an acting class can be an incredible an incredible experience for you. Mm. Mm. I think it's a
2: cool takeaway actually, you mm. know, for someone thinking about what can I do to help yeah, further the journey. That's awesome.
1: Oh, and and you know, when it comes to listing presentations, right? Yeah, like listing presentations, it's it's a performance. You need to yep. make sure that you're on show and you're and you're doing everything right. And you know, and a lot of the stuff that will naturally impress people is second nature to you. And mm. a lot of that can come from being on stage. Mm, mm. A lot, you know. And we're not talking about acting and you know, you know. Lying your way through a list of no. with a business, right? We're <laughs> not, not saying that. to be
2: someone else, <laughs>
1: but in terms of body language, mannerisms, and all that sort of stuff, that's so critical, right? Yeah. When you know 93% of our communication is done through body language, aura, all that sort of stuff, and mm. um, that sort of thing is it's, it's very important to know full stop, let alone auctioneering.
2: Change of pace, mm. well, slight change of pace. You've obviously interacted with a lot of agents over time. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most underrated skill in the selling side of things? So auctioneering aside for a second, Mm -hmm. in terms of being a sales agent, what's the most underrated skill or um, activity that you could be doing to further progress your career?
1: It's the stuff that I literally just said, I reckon. It it will be understanding and educating yourselves around body language, Mm -hmm. around um you know so things like neuro linguistic programming yeah. not in the salesy way Mm. which is what a lot of people have commoditized in the coaching space is how to use nlp to make your clients do whatever you want them to Mm. do (laughs) not none of that crap but um understanding what how people tick you know from a different culture you know gender all those sorts of things, how body language changes from country to country and what it means and, you know, um, how different head nods or shakes mean different things, for example. Mm. You know? um, so that's that's really, really important because you can find out a lot about what people are saying without needing to really talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so and when you're dealing with cultures for example that you know where English isn't their first language and all that sort of stuff it makes relationships a lot better if they get a sense that you do understand what it is that they're actually trying to say yeah. um, there's no point beating around a bush like you, we've got to integrate now and 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 for the risk of sounding a little bit controversial I still think there's a bit of that going on in in Melbourne I mean yep. me coming from the UK. We're three or four generations down the track when it comes to cultural integration, mm. right? In my opinion, and coming to Melbourne, that was one of the biggest things that actually gave me a huge win when I was a listing agent because of the fact that I was way more comfortable understanding, interpreting what, uh, for example, Indians Sri- or Sri Lankans, because that was there was a heavily dominant bi population down in Casey from India yeah. Sri Lanka. I was totally comfortable with it because I understood what the, head, what the head movements meant. I understood what certain mannerisms meant because I was brought up with it. Mm. That was a huge point of difference for me. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that the more people that pick up on that sort of stuff, quicker you're going to win. Um, and the less you're going to need to pigeonhole yourselves as well. Agree. Um, and that's, you know, that's 360 degree. So Chinese agents or Indian agents, a lot of them are finding themselves struggling at the minute to get stock because they're reliant on the uh, the culture that they came from yeah Yeah. if you're going to be a true winner in this space you need to be a human that connects with humans at scale Mm -hmm. end of yeah and and so understanding and learning all of that for me is probably the biggest thing that anybody could do because then whether it's on the listing the listing table whether it's at an auction coal face whether you're just trying to get a private sale done with a buyer and you're negotiating and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff understanding how all of that is going to set you apart uh, yeah. without people even really realizing it, mm. and your success rate is going to go through the roof. There's that many scripts and dialogues and blah 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 <laughs> blah, blah blah blah, right? That um, that are out there that are rebadged and rehashed and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Uh, I th- I think the game is the game is is very much changing in yeah. the sense that I think 2020 has certainly made us realize that. There's a whole bunch of humans kicking around, not dollar signs. Yeah. Um, And I think one thing that is going to be absolutely different in the way consumers behave is the fact, or in the way that we need to behave with the consumers, is understanding not that the consumer is always right, but we have to be able to collaborate a hell of a lot more with our consumers at their level, taking into account extra extra things that they're way more conscious about, like safety, health concerns, mm. all those sorts of things, all those sensitivities that are really enhanced at the minute. We need to be able to tiptoe array around those eggshells a lot more and, and actually be a lot more malleable towards our consumers. That's going to be a massive win for anybody who actually works that out. Yeah. Um, huge win for me.
0: Yeah. That was really insightful. Yeah. In closing, I've got something to ask you. Go on. <laughs> Can you give us your best auctioneering voice?
1: Do you want me to break the mic? <laughs>
0: go
2: for it. <laughs> I, hang on, let me turn your volume down and then you can go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this
1: has been an, another amazing podcast uh, with these fabulous ladies. We're selling this away now. <laughs> selling, selling... Ladies. We are so Congratulations
2: <laughs> So good Andy I have loved Speaking to you I know Kobe and I Have learnt so much as well Obviously we're on the other Side of the fence We're on the buying side So I
1: really want to come up Against you <laughs> I'm desperate. I am. Because whenever I see an advocate, right, a lot of age, a lot of auctioneers get really nervous when it comes to seeing an advocate because mm. they're like, oh, God, they're going to try and derail it. They're going to try and... They're just going to come up with some stupid number that's going to really upset the apple cart and all this sort of... And they're going to stand at, my, like, my 4 o'clock or seven, 8 o'clock or whatever it is that you lot do. I love it because yeah. one I know that I've got a buyer That's 100% if we're yeah.
2: there we're buying yeah, exactly
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and number two you guys are like professional bidders so it means that I can go harder Yeah, it means that I can really get my teeth out and, yeah. and give it a crack so um, here's hoping that we come up against each other at some stage
2: Yeah, watch this space uh, we so appreciate you sharing your insights I think it's been a very helpful episode for those who are considering the realm of auctioneering mm. um, and sort of looking at where they are now and where they want to be uh, we will link all your social Below in the show notes, if we can get hold of your first auction, we'll put the YouTube link in there. But certainly, that one that was most recently with Channel 7 present, I, I want to watch that. Uh, but thank you so much for your time and insights, always a pleasure to speak with you. And um, until next time,
1: thank you so much for having me, ladies. And you have yourselves a wonderful 2021, all right?
2: Will do. Thanks, Andy.